You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is entitled The Testimony of Andrew and Sarah Koblenz and is part two of two. Okay, so I guess I'll share um, my side or my testimony. Um, I like to share a Bible verse um, that stands out to me. It's, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars He calleth them all by name. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Psalms 147, 3, 4, and 5. That just, uh, I just like how it brings out that our God is all-powerful, and he's a big God, and he can do anything. Um, Because there was a time in my life that I, um, I didn't know, or I was, yeah, I'll just share my testimony. Um, growing up, um, in going to school, I, um, I started with an eating disorder, um, in elementary grades, I was, uh, really more on the anorexic side, I was never diagnosed, but I was, um, I would barely eat food, and I hated to have food in my stomach, and I would, exercise and exercise and I would run a half mile before I would go to school and after I came home I would run again and um, yeah I just didn't want any food in my stomach I was petrified that people would notice that I ate and it would yeah affect my I was I based that on having friends like I have to look thin and all that so I can have friends and yeah, I was driven by it. Um, that was about five years, and then for about seven or eight years, it it flipped, and I was more bulimic. Um, there was um, issues in my life that it just, I started doing the opposite, and I started just um, eating and eating and eating, and I remember the first day that I did it, I thought, well, this isn't me. I, I think I, I can control it. I, I'll just stop tomorrow. Um, but before I knew it, it had me in control. Um, and I, did a, I, th- I thought I had it in control, but it had me in control. And um, it changed my whole personality. People would say, what's wrong with Sarah? She's... She's not the same anymore, and it ruined some friendships. I did not know who I was any longer. I tried to um, remember who I was back then when I was happy, and then I would uh, try to be that person, and then that wasn't really right, so I tried to be this person, and around certain people I would 
be this one and then this one with these and and I could not make decisions at all and I would make um, promises to God okay I will stop I will stop and I often wrote out promises but I could not stop uh, I'll share a little bit how um, addicting it was I did horrible stuff like I would hide food in my bed I would hide food in the clothes hamper I would um, I would eat food out of the slop pail I would I would do anything I my mind it was like my mind was racing the whole day. How can I get my next bite of food? How can I get food without anybody seeing me? And it was like this addiction. It just drove me and drove me. And I couldn't get free of it. And I don't think anybody knew how bad it was. Because I would just say, like, well, I want to lose weight, you know. But I didn't want to tell anybody how bad it was. And they would just say, well, just forget about it. You know, don't think about it, and then, you know, you're okay. And so nobody really knew how that I couldn't get free of it. But um, that's just a little bit how, how it was for me in that addiction thing. And um, through going through a prayer, um, having somebody uh, sit down with me and care and... Uh, we went through prayer, and uh, God revealed to me of the bitterness that I had in my life about su- certain situations, about um, forgiving people, and um, and how freeing that was, and just allowing God to heal and letting His Holy Spirit come in and heal me totally. And after that happened, um, it, I was free. I no longer. Uh, struggle with it, and yeah, uh, God brought freedom there. After we married, yeah, he shared a little bit how it was with Kevin, and that was, yeah, horrible times to go through as well. Um, yeah, looking back, we, I know God was there, and um, it was about a year and a half ago that Kevin, um, almost drowned, or I think he was drowned already. I found my little boy in the washing machine, and the agitator was still going around. It was one of those uh, Maytag washing machines. I don't know if you're familiar with those. A lot of Amish have those Maytag washing machines. Yeah, anyway, it was just horrible to, to see my son just helplessly bobbing in there. And I was pregnant at the time. And I got him out, and I I saw he's gone. He did not, when I got him out, he did not even gasp for air or anything. He was just gone. And so I took him out with me to call 911, and, yeah, they got him in. Yeah, God miraculously saved his life. He has no side effects, and... Except um, fear. He's had tremendous amount of fear since then that um, God is working on. And 
we're praying that God will deliver that. Um, Medically, they say that he should, number one, he should have been dead. But if not dead, then for sure brain dead because of the fact that he was underwater for anywhere from three to five minutes. So we're just blessed. He had a, one, an overnight hospital stay. They never had to hook him up to IVs or inject him with anything. It was just incredible. Um, and what's interesting, if I may interject this, there was a, a friend that came up to me one day, and he doesn't believe in anything of, of evil spirits and that type of thing. But it was kind of amazing. He walked up to me one day, and he said, You know, Andrew, there's something I, that I have to tell you about Kevin's incident. And he said, I don't know why I'm saying this or why I'm led to tell you this, but there was somebody else in the room with Kevin when that happened. And I said, are you implying that my wife pushed him into the wash machine or what? He said, no, your wife was outside, but there was somebody else in the room that pushed your son Kevin into there. And I don't know what all happened, but it seems almost impossible how he got into that washing machine like that. And I do believe that the enemy... Um, had some some legal rights of operation in our life. He had some some footholds and strongholds in our life that allowed him to do what he did. But I praise the Lord that there was an angel there. Kevin implied to us that there was an angel there in the wash machine with him. And so we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's, he did set us free of that, and we've closed doors spiritually that, that the enemy isn't allowed to, to do that again. But there's, there was definitely some deep generational things that we had to renounce with that whole thing. Yeah. I was just going to share, um, a, a week after that, uh, it was exactly a week after that, The um, I didn't know at the time that that was who it was, but it was uh, the Child Protection Agency, and I just thought it was somebody from the hospital coming to see how he's doing. Um, but then after I left, I actually read the paper that he left, and yeah, it just struck me, you know, it was saying that um, I'm a person of child abuse or like under the investigation of that, and yeah, that was, you know, they were just doing their job, I, I understand, but it was just hard to see it. I remember that day she called me at work, and she was crying, and she said, Andrew, this guy left a paper here that says that I'm a negligent mother and I've been abusing my child and allowed him to fall into the washing machine. And, and she was just, she was beside herself because it was saying that we're under investigation for, for child neglect and child abuse, which we realize they, they have a job to do. There are people who would maybe do that. I, I believe so. And so we, we've worked through that, forgiven them and all of that. But yeah, that was kind of tough. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then that same day, I had um, my first checkup with uh, my midwife, and was, you know, just a week after the accident. And then she couldn't find a heartbeat. And then um, I didn't know was it, you know, maybe my baby died from all the stress. I didn't know. And so she said, I have to take an ultrasound right away. But then they didn't find anything, um, like no baby, and it was just like a growth thing. And um, they believed it was a baby at a time, but it turned into a growth. And so when I came home, I was like, why is everything happening at one time? Mm-hmm. 
and I told God. The doctor better does not say the word cancer to me. But yeah, then we went um, to the doctor and and he said what it is and it was a molar pregnancy and and he said it could possibly be cancer. And I just, I was inside, I didn't say anything, but inside I was like, you just shut up, you know. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, we had a DS- DNC, and um, it's so, as far as I know, it's okay, and it's, it, was, it went really well, and everything's okay. So we're just trusting God for the health of my body, for any future children that he might give to us. And um, through all that, and... With things lately how they were, um, this verse here, I just want to end it with this. It has um, stood out to me. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. So I, I praise God that for that, and that's what I want to believe in in that. There is so much more that we could share. I don't know how we're doing on time here. Um, The Lord did lay on my heart a little bit yesterday to share a little bit about uh, inviting people to the challenge of, of following Christ and receiving the Holy Spirit no matter what the cost. There's a lot we could say about the journey that we're in right now as far as, um, Jesus, I'll just say this, Jesus said that if you follow me, you will be persecuted. <laughs> and, he, and he did say that, that anyone who gives up everything for his sake will be rewarded in this life and in the life to come. And so, although we have many days when we wonder, are we simply deceived? Are we simply following our own prideful way? We do trust and believe through repentance and just falling on our face repeatedly before the Lord um, that we are following what he has called us to be in life, to be involved in the ministry of seeing captives get set free and opening of prison doors and, and simply the passion to see everyone come to freedom in Christ, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that there can be fresh revival I really believe God is bringing the latter reign of revival into the into the world, the nation, this community, and this church. I believe we are going. We're just seeing seeing the beginning of it. The Saturday night prayer that the men have here Saturday nights, by the way, is a very blessed time to be uh, here if you ever can make it, because we see. I, I just see repeatedly where God is doing a work, and as we intercede for the community our special Amish people and this church as a whole, we, we, we just know with a certainty that God is going to do a work that is way beyond what man can do. So here's a song called, I'm not sure what the title is, but we call it My Lord Was Crucified. It's an old Swiss, it's an old Swiss tune, and one of our distant relatives, Matt Swartz, put the words to this song called My Lord Was Crucified. 
My Lord was crucified for me on a hill called Calvary. He bled and died so I could live and live eternally. He hurt so that we could be healed and that we be restored. He sent His Holy Spirit here, with Him we have been sealed. Rejoice, ye saints from everywhere, our God is on the throne. Let's lift him up for all to see that he's the mighty one. With uh, everything that we've been going through this last year, there's yeah, there's much that I want to that could say that, but I don't want to point any fingers or discriminate anyone. But we've been through quite a bit as far as I guess you could say persecution, although it's not been a physical persecution. And many times Sarah and I would sit on the couch together and we would just weep before the Lord and wonder, you know, how are we going to get through this next mountain? Get, get, get over or through this next mountain that we've been faced with. And we don't know, Lord, are we right or wrong, but we just know that where we've been and, and where you've brought us out of and that you've set our feet upon the solid rock, and this is where we really need to be because otherwise we can't go back to where we were. That's a life of defeat. It's a life without purpose. It's a life of fear. It's a life of condemnation, uh, abuse, addictions, immorality, all of that stuff. And we know that Jesus set us free of that, and we claim that freedom and that victory, no matter what the cost. And there was a song that many times we would cry over. It's called Bigger Than Any Mountain. I don't know if you have that read in the back or not, but it's by the, Stutzman, the Steve Stutzman family. From, I think you've heard him speak from Door of Hope and so forth. But it's just a, a beautiful song about bigger than any mountain, very basic words. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than any 
cannot see. I want to just uh, thank you all for coming tonight, and I want to just encourage you that no matter what you're faced with in life, God is bigger than that mountain. And uh, I just, I just want to share the burden on my heart, the the passion that Sarah and I have developed for revival in our hearts, in our homes, in the community, and in the church. And and the prerequisite for revival, I believe, is is being all out for God, dying to self and anything of our reputation, being willing to give up anything, your job, your, your house, your money, give up everything, lay it all on the altar, and say, God, I'm all out for you. And, and I believe when we do that, in true repentance, revival will come. There's no question. The rivers of living water will flow. And, and when you read through the book of Acts, yesterday morning I read through most of the book of Acts, and did you know that the same power that the, the apostles operated in back then, I believe we can have today. But if you notice, they had nothing to protect. They had nothing to lose. They, I believe a lot of them maybe only had the clothes on their back like Jesus did. And, and, and yet the Holy Spirit flowed through them. I mean, the, the blind received their sight. The lame walked. The, the dead rose again. And I'm not saying that, that we're going to follow signs, but I really believe these will be the signs that follow those who believe, as the Bible says. And so I want to cur- encourage you all. Jesus loves you, and he's come to set you free. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again, and have a blessed day.